gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Well, 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 who'd have thought it? The new boy coming in November, he's now hosting his very own show. Aren't we all happy? It's myself, it's Jack Graham, we're here. I'll be hosting today's show on the greatest WrestleMania main events. But before I get on to anything else, just a wee update from the team about the whole coronavirus situation right now. The content won't be stopping. There's, for the main show that you get every Wednesday, it won't be studio recorded. We'll be just be doing these over Skype for the future. Don't know how far into the future we'll be doing it for, but we'll be doing it for, for the foreseeable anyway. So don't worry, you'll still get all the crap patter from the boys. I'd say, say and you'll well, be well, fine. Speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself, Jack. It's just, it's just collective crap patter, you know? Just embrace it, Quacko, it's fine. Okay. Right, so you can uh, find us on Suplex Retweet on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We've also got our own Facebook page, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, and the community group as well, where you can post any kind of wrestling shenanigans and we talk about it. Also, our website, www.suplexretweet.com. And you can find us on all good podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify, and your Apple Podcasts. Now, I won't tell a lie. This is not the panel I was really looking for when I was doing <laughs> my greatest main events. I wanted, I need the main event calmer, but I've just got my pre-show panel. So I've had to mm. kind of go, go out and about and ask why people agree with me in the sense that these folk aren't main event caliber potential. So for my first person what I look for in a main event star I don't want them to get embarrassed too easy like when the lights on them and whatnot. they need to be just ready ready to go so I'll just give you an example say if you're if you're back at school and you thought it'd be cool to dye your hair blonde then an absolute disaster occurred and it comes with ginger then you go <laughs> so far to say that you refuse to go to school for a couple of weeks because you're scared of being bullied about it but actually hang on this isn't an example this did happen. Gary Kernahan, where's the show? Wow. Yeah. How are we doing, yes. old boy? Yeah, not bad. I, I miss those days where I had my blonde highlights. Uh, actually, I had curtains as well. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> no, I'm glad I've brought you down a wee bit. That's, that's fantastic. I'm, glad, I'm happy I'm, you're here. I'm reminiscing, like I'm about to reminisce in some of the greatest Mania main events, Jack. Ah, what a boy. What a boy. <laughs> now, our next panel member, I won't, I won't be around the bush. This is probably someone that I thought had the most potential to be a main event player. But see, when you're so far up yourself and you refer to yourself as a GOAT, you're an access boy to me. Welcome, David Campbell. You know, just like the coronavirus, Jack, people are just hoping I'll go away soon. You know, <laughs> uh, they, just want me, they want me to speed up this retirement process, but I'm taking it for everything it's got, baby. I'm, I'm milking this cow till it's dry. Here we go. <laughs> At least we're getting one thing out of the two away, so you know what I mean? You'll be buggering off after March, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, 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 don't say things you don't mean. <laughs> we do not want the goat to leave. I want this to be like Ric Flair's retirement send off. It will go on forever. Love you, Gary. <laughs> See what happened was I didn't say I was retired, I was just tired. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's no word of a lie here. 
when I was drafting up my my potential panel members together, I was dreaming big, and I was wanting wanting to get someone in who I thought could be a WrestleMania main event star in the future at some point. Someone that can do their own entrance music, someone that can put on a show. That someone would be Elias. You'd probably not agree with me, mm. but I would love to see him in the main event one day. But unfortunately, talks broke down. I couldn't get the man in the show. And I was ready to ask him about his love for his music and his guitar playing. So instead, I had to get the bootleg version of Elias from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, a man that posts his music videos on Instagram. What with Daniel doesn't have the same ring to it as what with Elias. Welcome, Daniel Campbell. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm quite proud of my music, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's actually offended. <laughs> How dare you? Insulting my guitar playing coming from the poultry pumper, I write. <laughs> Mate, take pride in it. Take pride in it. So the, that? Nah. <laughs> our last panel member, it's just there's no argument he'd be an absolute rubbish main event star. He'd just be spending all his time talking to fans, crew, and other wrestlers, you know, building up his own ego. But I actually forget there's an actual main event to be playing place. Welcome, Kwaku Aji. Oh, yes. Ego, though, really? Oh, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. How you doing, Jack? You all right? I am all right. You know, first show and all that. Yes, I had to get mm-hmm. had to get something drafted up to give some of the boys a bashing, but what can you do? Ah uh, well, as what it is. Yeah, you you done you done well. You done well. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, I, had, I did not... I did get a bit of help for other folk, but I'll keep keep the names disclosed. Oh, we already know who it was. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we know you can come up with that yourself, Jack. You're strictly a B level player. We all I know that like the Intercontinental title is probably the most I'd get. You know, I'm not there for the main event. I'm the workhorse of the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, thank you. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, thanks for all being on here today. I appreciate it. Let's let's batter on. So the first thing I want to kind of talk about before we get on to like our choices of what our actual favourite main event is, I want to pose a question of what makes a WrestleMania main event and to me it's all about the storytelling leading up from like even before the rumble if there's any kind of major story going in to that kind of climax point of being so solely invested that like you're jumping at your seat halfway through the show because I think there's like close to a three count what, what do you think Daniel Campbell what makes a WrestleMania event for you? There has to be a good story going in first and foremost if there's like a very poor poorly done story going into it no one's gonna care if the focus isn't on the people who are solely in the match no one's gonna have any interest on it it's it's happened before sadly where people haven't had the right focus and the main event falls flat yeah it's it's something that's kind of it needs to keep the intrigue of the fans as well i think as much as like obviously you want to see good wrestling you need something to be invested in i don't think that like wrestling itself can just sell that what's your what's your thoughts gary yeah, I, I agree. Many of main events for me should be about bringing together the biggest stars that you have. Doesn't um, doesn't always have to be the first time that they've met, uh, the first time they've wrestled, but the two biggest stars in the promotion coming together. And when you look at some of the the main events of Mania that stood the test of time, they have done that. They have brought the the stars together. There's a 
there's a reason people remember Hogan, Andre, Rock, Austin, and don't talk about Jericho, Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's too Jericho, Triple H is like obviously it's too far. It could like, that'd be a WrestleMania main event, like any obviously it has been. It'd be a main event any day, but you do need the kind of story to be drawn in. Just David, do you have any opposing views, or are you on you on board our ship? No, it's not an opposing view. I will say, though, there's more to it than the story because the X factor has to be there of the sort of this is the thing that people most want to see in a show. Because we've seen good WrestleMania main events with great stories coming in that have fallen flat at the last hurdle just because it was the thing that perhaps shouldn't have main evented that night. So sometimes it is about what is the thing people need to see? What are people clamoring to see? The story can help get you there. But sometimes there's that secret sauce, the untangible factor, the thing you can't put your finger on. That's what makes a very special WrestleMania main event sometimes. I also, we've seen a fair share of not being able to get that, especially when you had like, like a few years ago when you had Rolling Rangers as Triple H. Mm. When there's just like when the, the fans were completely against everything at that point, and to put that on for your closing match of the show is a bit of a kind of kick to the balls, wouldn't you say, Clarko? Yeah, there were so many elements where that was just so predictable and it wasn't like a pure shot kind of thing. Uh, On paper, those two names should be main event, easy calibre, done, no problem. I mean, just look at like Triple H and End of an Era. Uh, The match I am going to talk about did have Roman Reigns involved, but it wasn't for me him. That was the trigger point in it, if you like that made it one of my favourites, but it's just one of those things you need to consider. Aye, it's a... It's also, it's, it's entertainment, it's not just wrestling, it's something you need, you need the kind of things to be pulled in, like yeah, for example, the women's main event, you need your kind of, we'll talk about it later on, no doubt, but like your Ronda Rousey kind of calibre to be at that point, you need, you need something that can get the kind of mainstream interest and your kind of hardcore fans to get proper into as well. Mm-hmm. So I, um, with that, I think we can just batter on straight to our panel choices and you can each state your case to me as what you think is the greatest main event in all time. And I'll decide at the end what's the best. So, well, that's um, interesting. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know it was competitive now. I've, I've suddenly perked up. We're going all out for this one. I want, I want anarchy. I want, I want the great central right here. <laughs> So we'll go to our wee, are we on Ginger Prince first with Gary Kerrigan? Gary, tell us your, <laughs> tell us the script. I love how you call me that. There's a run maniac <laughs> as well. Oh, he's not uh, here for it, unfortunately. <laughs> so my choice for the greatest main event in WrestleMania history comes from the greatest WrestleMania in history. It's the main event of WrestleMania 17. Stone Cold Steve Austin challenging The Rock for the WWF Championship in Texas. The Truly a clash of two of the biggest stars ever in the history of wrestling. This was a story, uh, a match that gave us really good build-up. They started off with professional rivalry and then tension came into place. There was Deborah Stone Cold Steve Austin's then wife was made the manager of The Rock 
there was a great scene on I think Smack it's a Smackdown show where Stone Cold gives the Rock a beer. Cheers his own. Beer goes everywhere. Rock returns the favour. Austin takes exception to the spilled beer and uh, boils over into a wild brawl. And as the story went on, we started to hear from Stone Cold that this wasn't a match that he wanted to win. This was a match that he had to win. He needed to beat The Rock. So that was the story that brought us up to WrestleMania. And WrestleMania had started at this point to become more the sort of spectacle that we recognise today. Because it wasn't too long before this that WrestleMania was just in normal arenas. This was the first um, really big WrestleMania that they'd had in a long, long time. And one of the things that helped to really make this match was the, the for me, when I watch it, when I hear this, when I see this video package, when I hear this song, I think of this match. It was the My Way tune mm-hmm. from Limp Biscuit. Aye. Uh, great little video package, great tune that puts into it. And he gets all psyched up for it. And on the show itself, you just cut to JR and Paul Heyman. And Heyman very calmly says, This JR is the main event. <laughs> and Heyman's great, great hype man and just those you know calmly spoken words really helped set the scene and a moment later the crowd goes mental we're in Texas the home state of Stone Cold Steve Austin what a pop he got when he came out mm-hmm. and he had a slightly different I don't know if you remember it his theme music was slightly different then as well it had sort of um, some some uh, words through the song, but you couldn't really hear yeah. the words. But it just made a pretty cool tune, which I just really liked that one. It was disturbed. I recorded a special edition of it. See, yeah. yeah, I just really liked it. For me, one of the reasons I liked this as well. So it was a very different main event. It was fast paced. It was a wild brawl. Um, loads of time outside the room. WrestleMania main events are more often than not quite you know, technical in the ring. This seemed to like really throw the rule books out. The rebel didn't even ring and Austin had already attacked the rock. There was no facing each other off, eyeing the other opponent off, trying to psych people out as the crowd went mental. None of that happened. And we've seen right from the start the story of Austin's heelish behaviour started. He, he attacked him before the bell. He tried to hit him with the title belt. He... Um, took uh, the turnbuckle cover off, he hit the rock with the ring bell, um, he hit him with a monitor, he refused to break the sharpshooter where he had the rock in the hold when he, the rock got to the ropes and instead just flipped off the referee. During the match, uh, Heyman, I think, said at one point, this was a story of a man who would do anything to win versus a man who was determined to retain his championship. And we started to see that story of Austin and doing what he needed to win anything and everything and Rock refusing to lose um, they got an awful lot of time for this event as well about 30 minutes in when uh, Vince appeared and stood outside the ring and made his uh, feelings present when the Rock hit the people's elbow and uh, he broke up the pinfall a short while later Austin beckoned McMahon into the ring and held the rock whilst McMahon hit him with the chair. Uh, we then had a few near falls. The rock, as the crowd that were once very against the rock, were suddenly switching towards him. 
Uh, McMahon and Austin in cahoots now. The Rock refusing to ru- lose, but the vi- after a vicious beatdown of the chair, The Rock finally succumbed and Austin won. And one of the uh, quite a shocking moment, but not as shocking as I think it should have been. Because the finish sequence went on for some time, I would have preferred it to have been a you know more short, sharp um, exchange to get the shock, you know, the shock of what has happened with Stone Cold selling out and Jr's commentary at the end of it. Stone Cold Steve, Stone Cold shaking hands with Satan himself and <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> That's another great line through it. Uh, he's sharing a beer with Satan himself. I just thought it was, you know, I remember watching this. Stephen Wilson was absolutely heartbroken because uh, Stone Cold was his hero. Uh, which, yeah, that was so a that good sight for sore eyes. That was amusing. Watching Stephen Wilson like breaking down. That was amusing. What happened with the Austin heel turn was clearly not successful. But uh, it didn't work. But this was a ballsy move from WWE. They had to do something to shake uh, to uh, shake the Stone Cold character up. To do it in Texas was another thing. I just remember the shock of sort of turning WrestleMania off that night as I was watching it. Uh, the shock that Stone Cold had joined forces with McMahon. I just you know an amazing. It was an amazing WrestleMania. This is the main event that was packed full of action, was really different, two of the biggest stars ever, and had a really shocking ending to it, which is why it was my pick for the greatest main event. And I think that concludes the show tonight, Jack, <laughs> now, that now that I've just won. I mean, how, what, what else are you meant to do? I mean, this is this was a this was a show that was like way before kind of my time watching wrestling, but from when I've when I've seen it and I've watched all the previous ones, I feel this was the kind of the start of, not that I'm saying WrestleMania wasn't a spectacle before, but after this kind of show, the main event, it always seemed to try, like, each show after seemed to outdo itself and it seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger. What's what's your thoughts, David Campbell, on, on this match? It's a great match. And Gary, he's right to focus on the build-up to this match, and obviously that he mentioned that Limp Biscuit My Way promo um, is the pinnacle of wrestling promos, in my opinion. There has yeah. never been a better one since, uh, and there's a reason that people still talk about it today. Um, and I couldn't believe, because a lot of the criticism, um, especially on the show that we've directed the Attitude Era in the past, is that the matches would go on too short. The work rate wasn't great. If you actually go back and watch this match, this is a meat and potatoes match in terms of setup and in terms of their style. But for me, it's a perfect wrestling match that they put together, these two, The Rock and Austin. And it goes somewhere about 20 plus minutes, I think, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, the blood um, also really helps this match. You know, we get into the intensity of it. It shows how much both these men want it. The only criticism that I personally have of it is that it's for me, WrestleMania should be a true bookend for the year and you should really feel that there's some finality to it. So for that point, I don't particularly like the twist at the end of this match. For me, it feels something that's more appropriate to a backlash than a WrestleMania. But I get Gary's point. I see why they did it to shake it up and the shock factor of it. By all means, it's a fantastic wrestling match and a great main event at WrestleMania. So you're saying because they kind of it didn't because it wasn't the bookend. It seemed to be a, a continuation or something else. It's like it's not that like it's severed. It's just kind of changed the kind of your view of it a wee bit. 
yeah, it's just for me, WrestleMania should be like the season finale, should be the end of the year. And when you're using your main event match of WrestleMania to try and further a story or to try and sell the next pay-per-view down the line, you don't need to do that. If I was to rebook it, I'd have The Rock actually beat Austin after he goes through hell and Austin can't pin him. And then you see this, uh, you sow the seeds of Austin's frustration at that. And then you do the turn just a wee bit later down the line and it could have a similar effect. But like I say, it's a, it's a fantastic main event. It's definitely one of the best main events of all time. That's the only point of contention I'd have with it. Very interesting. What about, what about you, Quacko? 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 <laughs> are, you, are you in agreement with the GOAT himself, David Campbell, about his kind of booking of the, sh- the show? Uh, Quacko disagrees, but Quacko agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Quacko is a prick anyway, so we, we won't discuss his views. But as for Quacko, um, completely agree with what has been said before. That WrestleMania 17 is actually a pay-per-view that I look back fondly at. It was just top to toe, was just an amazing card, an amazing show. The music, the everything, the lights, the fireworks. TLC was also on it. It was just incredible. And to have two of the true goats of wrestling. I mean, we did put them in our Mount Rushmore of wrestling at ESSR, and to have them two with another man who was in our Mount Rushmore, Vince McMahon included in that, it was just incredible. Yeah, it's, it's something that I kind of wish that maybe I was a bit older so that I could have watched it in real time and not watched yeah, it back yeah, in the yeah. highlights. I'm, so, I I'm, so, I'm so young. I'm Jack Graham and I'm so young. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I mean, need a bit of kind of young blood in about this place, you know what I mean? It's just for old bastards now. What, what's, what's the point <laughs> oh, of it? Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, what about you, Daniel Campbell? Have you... Have you Seen much this match before? I mean, obviously you have, but like, what's, Daniel's collecting his pension now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing this match many years ago. <laughs> it was a great one to see. Uh, where am I? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> nah, um, I, I remember watching, I think it was maybe. I want to say 2011, where I properly sat down and watched WrestleMania 17 for the first time. Mm. And as Gary was saying with the build-up, I missed the build-up, obviously, because I'd only just watched the pay-per-view. So the the promo package with Limp Biscuit was my experience of the story. So you knew coming in there was desperation. There was also desperation on the part of The Rock, because he had lost the WrestleMania 15 encounter. So him coming into it, he's like, right, I'm going to not only retain my championship, but I'm going to, you know, even it out. I'm going to take the win here. Austin, he's starting to have that turn. Like we said, he's going, I need to win this match. And it was clear throughout the whole thing. And then you get that evil son of a bitch, Mr. McMahon. He comes out, he helps Austin defeat The Rock and... We, the follow-up that we got from that was uh, like the next night there was the the cage match Triple H and Austin link up afterwards. But I I agree with what David was saying there. Like it was like WrestleMania should always feel like the conclusion to the story, and even to have that little coda from the Monday night being their way of writing that rocked for him to go and do Scorpion King. Like I would have rather just seen it finish at WrestleMania. 
I think Daniel, if The Rock hadn't been going off to do the Scorpion King, we might have seen something more conclusive. But because he was, there was a need to set a, set up something different. Because yeah, I, I generally would agree that, that WrestleMania is about that finality, and it's you know you build from there on for the following years WrestleMania. But sometimes you do need to worry about tomorrow and you do need to worry about what you're going to do next. I think that's what happened. That's the, the call they took with this particular show or this particular main event. Also, like, just a question, was it not The Rock's third consecutive defeat in the main event of WrestleMania at this point? I I believe it, it was, yeah. Yeah, it uh, was. Twi- uh, twice to Oscar and uh, once in the Fatal 4-Way, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mental. Mental when you think about it. They look at him up in the lights, <laughs> fast and furious. Yeah, it's not held him back, has it? <laughs> Just think, three, everyone complains about being buried. The Rock, three losses in the main event of WrestleMania, now a billionaire. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> no, it's, it's something that I would like, I would agree on it as well, obviously. It's like, kind of, you want your, your WrestleMania as like your big season finale, and it should maybe be your big kind of, your payoff to anything that's happened to lead into your kind of, your hard reset that happened the raw the night before, but you didn't you didn't really get that feeling with that show. It's just a kinda oh something something's happened and we're gonna have to continue to see what's happening with it. I'd say that probably would be my only kinda gripe, even if gripe's the right word about it, but still up there as one of my favourites of all time, I think. Yeah. Even even having said that, I know I'm the one who brought up that <laughs> that point in the criticism and now I'm contradicting myself further a wee bit. Um, but it does it does kind of fit for the times of the Attitude Era though um, because the Attitude Era was everything was happening so quickly storyline developments were happening you know the start of the show William Regal could be looking for his dog and by the end his mother's been kidnapped or something like that like that's, that's just the thing that's, that's, that's what episode of Raw did you watch? <laughs> it, was a, it was a fever dream um, but like um, that's, that, was, that was the type of era you're living in so I do get it in that way it does fit the era but that's just I think we're, we're, that's one tiny criticism and what overall is definitely one of the best main events of all time with two of the greatest uh, to ever do it yeah definitely I feel that it's a fantastic choice by Gary so I'll give him a, a minute just to reiterate his case for this being the greatest main event of all time take it away a minute to make a case again you've got a minute you've got a minute this this is a match that had everything that I had story, it had tension, it had my way, it had Paul Heyman, (laughs) 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 it it was a fast-paced, brutal match which told a story the whole way through it and had an um, uh, shocking ending. There you go, that's that's all you need to sell it on, you've got that voice and you've got that kind of argument for it, What, what else do you need? (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Um, another <laughs> WrestleMania main events that maybe I picked, but anyway, we'll get to it. <laughs> well, you you wait your turn, son. You, you wait your turn. We're going on to the livestock of the show. David Campbell, yes. bring us your WrestleMania main event. Now it's what you're talking about, Jack. WrestleMania main events should all be about story, and there is no better story told in the canon of WrestleMania than career versus streak, Undertaker versus the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. 
26. Now let's let's just dissect this. Right, WrestleMania 25, the two have what's considered by many to be the greatest wrestling match of all time. Even to this day, people will still say that. Shawn Michaels starts getting obsessed with the fact that he couldn't quite beat The Undertaker. He challenges Undertaker to a rematch and Undertaker says no. Shawn Michaels then does everything he can to get to Taker. He loses in the Royal Rumble, betraying his best friend to do it. He then can't get the job done, so he costs Undertaker the World Heavyweight Championship in the Elimination Chamber, forcing the Undertaker's hand, but Taker says, I'll do it. I'll put my streak up against you once again, but only if you put your career on the line. And that is stakes. Now, the fact of the matter is, I don't quite like Mania to Mania booking. Like, you talk about the likes of Rock Cena with 27 basically setting up uh, WrestleMania 28. I don't like it when they seem to just ignore the in-between stages of it. But this was a story that was so naturally told. There had to be another Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match. And by putting this stipulation in place, it was the perfect evolution of this story. But more than that, it was actually a very good end to the story of Shawn Michaels as a whole. Because Michaels had what many consider to be a second run that he never should have. So Michael's in a way metaphorically cheated death, and this was death's way <coughs> of coming back for Shawn Michaels. The final stand, can Shawn Michaels beat the Grim Reaper one more time, or is his goose finally being cooked? You know, you look at the entrances of this match, Shawn Michaels coming out for the last time, the crowd's loving it. Taker rising from below the stage um, as the crowd showers him in glory. JR, uh, uh, Michael Cole puts it best when he said, there is reverence tonight for both of these men. And a lot of the time, babyface versus babyface doesn't work. But the reason this works is because these are two of the most contrasting characters in the history of WWE. And the fact of the matter is, both of them have played that line between good and evil so many times that it wasn't babyface up against babyface, it was shades of grey against shades of grey, two fully developed characters. Now the composition of the match itself, let me explain to you why it's perfect. Taker comes out very early on, moving at a, a fast pace that a man inside shouldn't be able to move. He hits snake eyes and then he hits a huge big boot and you see the hatred that Taker has in his face. You know that the motivation for Undertaker isn't the street. It's the fact that he hates Shawn Michaels so much he wants to end his career tonight. You know, um, but it hurts his knee early on. Michael starts taking advantage of that. And we get two really good callbacks to the history of Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania career. He locks on the figure four, casting your mind back to WrestleMania 24, when he himself retired Ric Flair, the nature boy. He then puts on the ankle lock at a later stage, casting your mind back to the instant classic he had with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. He hits the best cactus clothesline I've ever seen in my life over the top rope. And then the first big moment of this match happens when Undertaker catches him off of the middle rope moonsault and tombstones him onto the floor. Now it's such a big moment because in today's WWE, finishers aren't protected as much as they should. The tombstone is very rarely at this point being kicked out of. At, if, like, at all. So the doctors come out to check. So, Michaels, there's a really serious moment. Um, Taker gets him back in the ring. He kicks out. He tries to hit the last ride in his leg buckles. And now it's a really realistic looking moment, this. Because when Taker's leg buckles, it's not perfect. The commentators aren't quite sure what's going on. Someone call it a botch. But for me, it actually adds to the mystique of this match. And that these aren't two characters. In that moment, it looks like two men who just absolutely hate each other going for it. We get to the outside of the ring. 
Taker says, I'm ending this, which leads to him trying to last ride Shawn Michaels through the table. It's counter sweet chair music, moonsault through the table. Michael smuggles him back into the ring. Taker doesn't know where he is, and it's one of the best near falls ever, if not for the next near fall, which was a sweet chair music into a tombstone, which is actually the best near fall in history, because no one could quite believe it. And it leads to the end of this match, which is an absolute storybook ending. Taker takes the straps down. He goes to do the thing, the thumb across the throat, single in the end, and he can't bring himself to do it. As Shawn Michaels claws his way up the frame of The Undertaker, as Taker implores him to stay down, but Shawn Michaels defiantly takes his own thumb across his own throat and defiantly tells the dead man that Shawn Michaels will never die. Undertaker responds with a huge jumping tombstone, which ends the career of the heartbreak kid. The Taker shakes Michael's hands, they hug, and Michael's takes in the applause of the entire crowd in attendance that night. And the last word said at this WrestleMania comes from Jerry the King Lawler, who just mutters into the microphone, goodbye, I'm going to miss you. Topping off one of the greatest careers in professional wrestling history, and in my opinion, it's the emotion behind this match, it's the story behind this match, and it's the composition of the match itself that makes this the best WrestleMania main event of all time. You put you put forward quite quite the argument, David Camel. You can you can feel the passion in your voice when you're saying this. It's always something you you care about a lot. But I mean, like, I I completely agree with you. If I was if I was to pick one, this would probably be my like the, my greatest main event of all time, purely because of the. The, the oh the well, man, that's, of the I've decided what you're picking. <laughs> <laughs> don't get salty, Quacko. Don't get salty. Come Daniel, on, is there any point? So we just give up. <laughs> you just can just end the call. That's it. It's a. Uh... As I'll, I'll wait until I hear everyone's case. Obviously, Gary's put forward a good case. And we've also got the fans vote later on. We've had the Twitter mm. polls. There, there's so many factors to consider. So we'll, we'll we'll call back. Don't don't you worry your horse just yet, Quacker. Just be patient. Be patient. All right. Okay. I, I'll I'll be patient for my result. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, the long the longevity of this kind of uh, rivalry for me is walking up so down because it was never a point that it got boring. It was something you always wanted to see again. What's what did you make of this kind of story, Daniel Campbell? It's. It's a story that when I watched it, it was the main thing I was caring about that WrestleMania. Like, I'll be honest, going into it, there wasn't a lot that was really grabbing me, which is a controversial thing to say, given that you look at the rest of the cards, you had Edge and Jericho, you had uh, Triple H against Sheamus when Sheamus was just starting out, you had uh, John Cena and Batista, you had CM Punk and Rey Mysterio. But that was a period of time where nothing was really grabbing my attention. The only thing that was was The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And you look at how the match flowed in such a way, there was not a, a moment where anyone was sitting there going, oh, this is, this is boring, like, should we just go home? There was no moment of that. It was instant attention. It was always on your feet. And in my mind, the best ending Shawn Michaels could have had for his career. Not including 2018, but never mind. <laughs> I was, it was a kind of the best it was the kind of the best way to go when I, when I watched this I was firmly of the position that the streak could end because I was a big like Shawn Michaels fan 
but yeah, I just didn't want him to go. I was so, so I was so sold in this kind of the, the, the sexy boy character. Like this is this is the guy. If there's anyone that's got as much passion or kind of need to do this, it's got to be him. But then it ended, and then that was the retirement. It was away he went. What did what did you want to happen in that night, Gary? I I was hoping and expecting actually that this match would top the previous match that the two of them had, which it, which it did. It certainly doesn't disappoint, and. It was a match that, you know, sometimes a stipulation can hinder a match, sometimes it helps make the match, sometimes it can, stipulations come along and make it a wee bit too predictable. And this one, you know, could have went either way. I thought the stipulation really added to the match. The stipulation added, you know, made sense in terms of the storyline that Shawn Michaels was desperate to get this opportunity, so desperate he was willing to put it all on the line. And... I, mean, I just love that finish, that tombstone. It was absolute, looked absolutely brutal. Devastating. It really did. And um, yeah, perfect finish for the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, it, was a, it was a shame. I was, I was, I was like, uh, I was just the short guy that was the, at that time thinking that's the last you're going to see John Michaels wrestle. I thought it was very sad and it was. You always kind of call for the perfect time for like the kind of streak to end, and obviously you saw it end when Brock Lesnar beat him at WrestleMania. But I thought this could have been the time for it to happen. But hey ho, obviously Vince knows better than what I do, and <laughs> went went his own way. What about what about you, Clarky? What was your thoughts about streak versus career? And uh, no, this was this was really up there. Uh, it was during my time of hiatus from wrestling, but. I still watched uh, WrestleMania purely for this match, and um, just showing the magnitude of it for me, in my opinion. And wow, what a match! It was just absolutely like the whole series of matches between, obviously, Michaels, Undertaker, and Triple H when it came down to the end of an era, and that Hell in a Cell match is just right up there for me in terms of a series of matches that I can. Never got bored of, but up until they went for the Saturday Blood Money, that's when it kind of changed for me. <laughs> but apart from that, it was just absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, it's just it's peak kind of storytelling and story finishing as well. It's, it's mm-hmm. as the kind of what you want to see as a wrestling fan to be that kind of hooked in that you are genuinely upset either way at what's going to happen that you don't want. You don't want either to lose. You don't want someone to retire. You didn't want really the streak to end. You just there was no kind of happy kind of result to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, I will pass it over back to David Campbell. Has got his minute of fame to state the case of this being the greatest main event. Well, you know, Jack, the fact of the matter is there's no one who can poke a single hole in the greatness that was Streak versus Career at WrestleMania 26. Shawn Michaels is, and for my money, the greatest in-ring performer of all time. So he deserved the greatest retirement in professional wrestling history going out in the main event of uh, WrestleMania. For my money, The Undertaker is collectively with all things considered, promo, um, attire, entrance, the greatest performer in wrestling history. He, This is The Undertaker when he still had his mystique. This is The Undertaker when he could still go at his highest level. We talked about that X Factor. We talked about the alchemy. When you put these two together, 
with a story that is this emotionally powerful, there really isn't anything else that can top it. This is the Empire Strikes Back of WrestleMania main event matches, and there's still a reason that people say, look, I am your father. There's still a reason that I'm saying Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. I thought you were going Absolutely. to say Undertaker is your father there. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant stuff there, David. Cheers. And is there a main event that's better than this? You've got yes. Yes. after the break. You've got Daniel Campbell, Campbell and Quacky will be posing there. Cases for their favourite Royal Rumbles. And we've got the listener favourites after. And the, the final results of our Twitter poll, which we've been doing over the past couple of days, to, to determine the fans' favourite WrestleMania main event. In the meantime, during the break, you've got the My Way Rock vs. Austin WrestleMania 17 promo to listen to it we've been speaking about, and we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. We'll see you in five minutes. Oh, it's time to rock and roll with the GOAT David Campbell and Scott McLeod at Saturday Draft Live, the hottest show on Suplex Retweet Extra, where we run down the ESSR Fantasy League table with all the competitors, including Stephen Wilson, David Hockney, Ross McLeod, Alan McLucas, Stacey Smith, Gary Kernahan, Daniel Campbell, and even... Jack Graham. Yes, Jack Graham. Can't believe I said his name. But anyway, tune in Saturday Draft Live every Saturday on Suplex Retweet Extra. As of now, you are managing The Rock. Austin Spice managing The Rock? What the hell is that? I never asked for Dipper to be my manager, never wanted Dipper to be my manager. But the fact of the matter is this, is she's not my responsibility. She's not my wife. She's your wife. Angle's gonna break Dipper's ankle for God's sakes. Why do they there's a rattlesnake? You never, ever, ever put your hands on another man's wife. Austin warned him. Just go ahead and take Deborah out of equations. Bam, she's non-factor. The fact is, Rock, you got the WWF title, and I want it. The Bravo Bull is furious. He struck it off. He set him up. He wants that rock bottom. Here it comes. He's on the rock bottom angle from behind. All hell is broken loose. Here comes rock bottom. Rock bottom angle. Look at Austin. Look at Austin. Isn't waiting until WrestleMania. Your bald-headed double studded candy ass belongs to the Rock. Wait a minute! The Rock just gave a Stone Cold Stunner a Stone Cold Steve Austin. How personal can this get? Can you imagine what it's gonna be like WrestleMania? Just one more fight and I'll be history. Yes, I. 
will straight up leave your shit And you'll be the one who's left Missing me drop of sweat, every drop of blood, every ounce of energy I have, you are going to get the absolute best of The Rock at WrestleMania. I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than anything that you can ever imagine. There can be only one World Wrestling Federation champion, and that will be Rock Stone Cold Steve Austin, with all due respect. Check out my melody. Hey, this is TK Cooper, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Keep it 100. Yeah, keep it 100. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello again. You're back listening to the greatest... WrestleMania main events myself, Jack Gray, and you already know that Gary Kerrigan has brought forward the Rock vs. Austin at WrestleMania 17 and it's been his greatest main event and David Campbell with Undertaker vs. Shawn Michaels. The streak vs. the career at WrestleMania 26 is his. But we move on to the bootleg Elias next. Daniel, what's your choice? Well, who wants to walk with... Nah. Um, <laughs> my, my pick is one that it's not really one that's discussed right now for reasons that we're not going to get into because we're not discussing you know what happened surrounding this person we are discussing what happened with this match we're not talking about 2007 we are talking about 2004 and the Wrestlemania main event of Chris Benoit versus Triple H versus Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight Championship at Wrestlemania 20 <coughs> pardon me nearly dying minus the the culture obviously without the kind of the controversy like of what's kind of happened with that year with the the superstar in hand it's a it's just kind of the emotions there the kind of the moment at, at the end you've got it's just, kind of, it's just a great match all around isn't it it is and in terms of how we got to this match let us cast our minds back a little bit further than 2004 let's go to New Year's Eve 2003 it's Monday Night Raw Actually, no, not even New Year's Eve. I'm wrong. It's December 29th. My birthday. Good for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck you too. <laughs> I mean, you Daniel, you put, some, you put some reverence on that date. That should be a goddamn <laughs> national holiday, all right? <laughs> Uh, I, I would write into the offices, but they're shut because coronavirus. <laughs> so, it's Raw from San Antonio, Texas, the hometown of Shawn Michaels. 
and on this night he is challenging Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. The two have probably one of the contenders for the match of the year and it ends with Michaels super kicking Triple H and falling back on him. The referee counts the pin, only Eric Bischoff has decided to rule that Triple H is still the world champion as Shawn Michaels' shoulders were also on the mat. Michaels and Triple H then go forward to the Royal Rumble where they have a last man standing match for the world title. Ending kind of similar, the two have bloodied each other up. They've beat each other as much as they can. Michaels hits one last super kick and the two are not able to get back up for a 10 count. Double count out. Triple H still is world heavyweight champion. And then a little bit later on in this night, the Royal Rumble took place. Chris Benoit became the second man to go from number one to number 30 and win. He last eliminated the Big Show in what was easily, in my mind, it's one of the contenders for the best Royal Rumble finishing sequence of all time. Like I, like I was on the edge of my seat watching it, just like, it might happen, it might happen. Oh, it did happen, yay! Listening to my voice just crack during that is absolutely painful. But um, yeah, you just can laugh. So Benoit wins the title and, oh no, he doesn't win the title, he wins the Rumble match. And then to everyone's surprise, he shows up on Raw and he's decided he's not challenging for the WWE Championship. He wants the World Heavyweight Championship. So we fast forward a wee while and there's a contract signing. Triple H and Benoit are in the ring. Contract signing being seen to by Eric Bischoff and Sheriff Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let us not forget that Austin was a sheriff at that point. Yeah. Complete with his ATV because it's Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels switch in music to Chris Benoit and signs the contract instead. We seem to have a dilemma here. Triple H thinks, well, he signed the contract. Benoit doesn't get his title match. They're going to null the contract. I've got a night off at WrestleMania. Fantastic. Austin tells Triple H he will actually defend the world title in a triple threat match against Benoit and Michaels. Then we arrive at WrestleMania 20. And already on that night, you've had The Undertaker return as the dead man. You've had Eddie Guerrero retain the world title against Kurt Angle. And now here we close it out. Benoit and Michaels start off the match. They both want to try and get a go at Triple H. But they both keep fighting each other off. They then eventually tangle themselves. And Triple H gets a wee bit with each of them. And they go back and forth quite a lot. There's some exchanges of submissions, some pinfall attempts. No one's getting anything. Then Triple H manages to save Michaels from tapping out to the crippler crossface. And then everyone brawls to the outside of the ring leading to the brutal table spot where Shawn Michaels and Triple H suplex Benoit and actually hurl him through the Spanish announce table. Benoit's out for the count. Michaels and Triple H are like, alright then, he's out the way. Bring it on, tough guy. They then fight for a little bit more. Benoit manages somehow to work his way back in the ring. Benoit then counters a pedigree attempt from Triple H into the crippler crossface and Triple H does his best to try and escape. He's trying to get to the ropes and Benoit pushes himself off the ropes and repositions himself further back in the ring. The crossface still applied. Triple H fights a bit more and then finally he taps out. Chris Benoit, after years of struggling in WWE, after nearly a year off with a neck injury, he has done it. He's become the world heavyweight champion. He's celebrating in the the corners and then he comes around and standing before him is Eddie Guerrero. The two best friends, now world champions, 
celebrate together in the ring at WrestleMania 20. The image, so beautiful, and yet sadly, not spoken about anymore. Ah, it's, it's quite a, it's quite an iconic picture. They're saying there's like you know, the two pals mm. in the end, kind of raising their titles in there. Is that kind of that's that's the end. That's like their their peak, so to speak. Like everything they've worked for, it's came at, to that moment, and they're able to share the kind of the moment together. What what do you make of it, Gary? It's a, it's. I mean, the, everything with Chris Benoit is an absolute tragedy, and it's hard to talk about what he's achieved in the ring without thinking about that terrible tragedy but this is a, a, re- a classic moment which unfortunately WWE can't talk about anymore it was an hard, another hard taking match, these guys really beat the shit out of each other and, and towards the end of the match I remember Jim Ross, I wrote down the quote um, who do, I think he'd nearly lost his voice uh, at this point and he said Year after year, mile after mile, continent after continent, but Benoit never gave up. It's quite a quite a nice phrase to conf- talk about Chris Benoit's journey to the world title. It was a yeah, an absolute classic. Uh, really, you know, Benoit was an incredible technician in the ring. We spoke about Shawn Michaels a lot earlier on in Triple H. For all the things earlier in his career when he was accused of burying people, later in his career he certainly has put his fair share of folk over and tapping out um, to, he tapped out to Cena at WrestleMania and then and leave us to that Benoit in this instance that was a, you know, a real great way to cement the guy who was going to be their new champion. Oh I definitely, it was a... Uh... It was like a coming of age moment. It was a, it was always kind of works led up to that point. Obviously coming back from the new country, getting winning your rumble, getting shown up on Raw, getting up being a triple threat, and still kind of come out on top even when the odds were stacked against. And it was something that's quite it's quite peak. Obviously, it's a shame that what's happened after with them because it probably this still would be up there as being one of the most talked about main events probably in WWE just now. Obviously, with what's happened. It's not really mentioned about anymore. Uh, David Cam, what, what did you think about this match? Oh, I can feel the heat already. I wouldn't put this in my top 10 uh, best Mania main event matches. And I'll tell you for why. The first reason is one that's already been brought up. If it was up to me, I would completely agree with WWE not mentioning Chris Benoit. And I wouldn't talk about Chris Benoit's work ever again because of what he did. For me, his work is null and void. Having said that, putting that aside, with the underdog story, if you're going to build someone up, which they did, you want to try and start that build up from before the Royal Rumble. For me, Benoit's Royal Rumble win comes a bit out of nowhere. It's a bit unexpected, and that's good. You get the shock factor. But then you sort of shoehorn him into that story of Triple H, Michaels, which is a lot more interesting when it's just those two as opposed to putting a third wheel in there who, for me, doesn't necessarily belong. Now, it's great. Benoit, as a performer up until that point, someone who worked hard, should be given the world title. However, it didn't solidify Chris Benoit as a main event player after it. 
And like we said at the start of the show, it's a, a main, this true great WrestleMania main event is about more than just what happens in the match itself. It is about the story. It's about the legacy of it. It's about all of the pomp and circumstances. And looking back at this with an eye over 10 years later, I would not put it up there as a great WrestleMania main event. So it's the only, I do have some question marks around it. That's a, it's, it's quite the stance to take. I'm sure that probably many agree with you now that after what's happened, but does Quacko disagree with you? That's the question. Um, it's not up up there. Yes, I do agree with that, but the, the iconic moment at the end of it, like Guerrero and seeing that was big up there and stuff like that. I know it's like I'm trying hard not to think about obviously the controversies after it like I'm I'm doing because I'm, I'm trying my best but you still just can't overlook that if you get what I mean it's kind of hard to well it's not kind of hard it's like you just I, I personally just can't but it's still I mean in terms of storyline and stuff I am sold on it yes Daniel did put this case forward really well on it yes I wouldn't put it up there personally, but I still do think Daniel put a good case for it. Yeah, I think it is a it's a very it's a very like kind of convincing argument for it to be up there at Daniel's pose. Oh. But after hearing what David Campbell has said, Daniel, was it change your mind at all about anything, or is it still kind of firmly in your heart is the greatest? Well, I the reason I put forward this match for the discussion was purely it was like the first great main event that I ever got to witness at WrestleMania. Because my other choice, my other choice I would say is the greatest main event of WrestleMania has already been spoken about. You know, Which is of course WrestleMania 26. <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny. But like, obviously I don't want, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to double up and like overwhelm it with another case for Taker versus Shawn Michaels. So I went with the the first one that I got to properly witness and enjoy fill through like it still saddens me obviously with what happened mm-hmm. I understand completely WWE's decision to like do away with like any references to Benoit's work absolutely fair enough and it's completely understandable it's the right thing to do in my opinion mm-hmm. but I just can't help but you know not I can't help but not ignore the match like it was it was a special occasion to me. Tainted still, but it was special. Yeah, I would yeah, like we've got a fire ahead, David, on you go. No, I was gonna say, like, I don't think like you said, Daniel's argument is great. I would if it was up to me though, I would take his argument, just apply it one year later to WrestleMania twenty one. And I think that does what this match set out to do a lot more effectively. You have Triple H getting beat, the final boss is slain, but it's a longer build-up of the story, and it actually created a new main event, or we would stay at the top of the main event scene for years. You know, I'm not saying the match in itself is bad, it's just everything around the match is sort of, you know, rotting away at this point. It goes our first kind of dissection of one of the main event reports, so I'll do what I've done with the rest of them, and Daniel, you've got a minute to pose your case and stand strong about this being your main event of choice you look at a story of people who overcome adversity to achieve their goal Chris Benoit was having to fight his way to get into the Royal Rumble match itself he and John Cena had to win a 3 on 2 handicap match to get into the Royal Rumble match 
But then Benoit gets told, you're going from number one. He goes from number one all the way through. He wins the Rumble match. He then overcomes two members of D-Generation X, two of the best ever. And then on the biggest stage of them all, Chris Benoit overcomes both of them, becoming the World Heavyweight Champion and celebrating it with his best friend. To me, that is how an underdog story can be done very well. And like, regardless of like, this, regardless is probably the wrong word to use. Like, even though the circumstances are there concerning Benoit, this to me is one of the greatest WrestleMania main events of all time. I right, thank you, thank you, thank you for just picking that option as well because I feel it's something that's it's got good to kind of have that conversation out there as for it being one of the main events, even with the kind of controversy aside. So it's a, I think it's a fantastic choice to make, but. Uh, Last but not least is our mainstay that you're always going to find in our main shows are our Kwaku. What's what's your choice? Well, people, this is the number one choice. This is the best, the only, the best one out there. I am talking WrestleMania 31, which had the greatest heist ever that even Ronnie Biggs would be jealous of. <laughs> this is where the the best robbery the most historic steal of all time happened that will never be equaled apart from when Sarah Grieve um, was waiting in the toilet for Scott and uh, that sounded wrong but I'll use that to your interpretation <laughs> um, and also when Schlurgate happened when David Campbell uh, Lord Scott and with some sure that all now that was amazing. <laughs> yes, Gary. That, that was amazing. Yes, but, but me, and you, me and Gary will be writing a book soon de- uh, dedicated to our greatest moments, and that will be included. <laughs> but all <laughs> of them great moments had great inspiration from the man himself, Seth Rollins. I'm going to take you back to Royal Rumble. Uh, just before WrestleMania 31. Yes, we have a winner in Roman Reigns of the Royal Rumble match. He was helped by The Rock, but even that didn't really get the fans on side and nobody was really bought into the whole razzmatazz of Roman winning the Royal Rumble. Yes, we had Brock Lesnar as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and Roman Reigns was going to challenge him for the belt at WrestleMania 31. WrestleMania 31 comes up. We're not as infused about the card. It's not the best. However, there were some great spots in there. For example, when Seth Rollins took on Randy Orton and that mega curb stomp into our RKO. Mm. We had Rusev and the Tank. Nothing beats that. Rusev and the Tank. We had The Rock with Ronda Rousey uh, squared off against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. We don't talk too much about Triple H versus Sting. Uh, why did I say this thing? I don't know why, but oh well. <laughs> but we had NWO and um, what do you call them? Uh, D- DX. Uh, DX coming out, and they were just—it was just that epicness of it all. And we had Travis Barker, Skylar Gray performing. So it had a <laughs> lot of great, it had a lot of great things in there. Oh, and we also had Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker. So this is when we were first seeing the Undertaker after the streak was broken. But we had peak Brock Lesnar going in destruction of things. He went in main event versus Roman Reigns. Now the match itself, there it was a solid match. There were a lot of hard hitting spots. 
but who can forget this was the birth of Suplex City, bitch. Yes, this was Suplex City being born. Everyone was, they were kind of into it. They got into it more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, the match starts spilling outside. Roman takes a wicked clothesline onto the hardest part, right? They go outside. <laughs> And then Brock gets his head put impaled onto the ring post and immediately starts bleeding. They get back into the ring after a few Superman punches and uh, a spear. Then we hear the music of Seth Rollins running out with his briefcase, wanker briefcase, running down, cashing in his money in the bank contract. This is the first time we are seeing the money in the bank cashed in of Wrestlemania and it's during the main event match and it makes it a triple threat match just look at the fans reaction and they get that second win to see oh my god Seth he's gonna do it he's gonna do it he's done it then we get a curb stomp from Seth Rollins uh, onto Brock he tries to fall up again however Brock does catch him and right as Brock is about to hit the F5 Roman hits Brock with a spear, which completely wipes out Brock Lester. Seth Rollins revives himself, hits Roman with a curb stomp. One, two, three. We have a new champion in Seth Rollins, who was not even on the radar of anybody. He goes up to the top of the ramp and he starts swiveling that belt around and around and around. That is the most iconic WWE Championship win there has to be at Wrestlemania because it had that drama, it had everything, it had the fans getting involved, we still talk it, about it to this end of day and it had three of the most iconic people in WWE, yes I'm including Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins into that picture and Brock Lesnar because we will all be talking about this match in years to come, this match will stand the test of time and I propose this to be the greatest WrestleMania main event match of all time. Now, vote me in as president and move on. <laughs> so I felt that like when this was all happening, this was the main event and nobody wanted to see. It was at a point of like focating yep. on Lesnar from being there on his part-time basis and kind of his stuff working. And it was the point of Roman Reigns being kind of shoved down your throat as your kind of your guy is going to be your your champion. It was probably a point that a lot of folk are thinking it might even still happen that Roman Reigns could be the guy to break Ric Flair's kind of world title reigns. And it was the point that nobody just wanted to see it. There was nothing that was appealing about it. But I remember watching this and there was a point during the match that I thought it genuinely felt real. The kind of the punches they were hitting amongst each other, I thought that like there's something there's something a bit off here. And it's probably probably why it took a lot of folk by surprise when the, the cash in happened because it that could easy could have just been done in a whim that like the the reaction just wasn't there for either Roman Reigns or Lesnar winning, so they had to do something on the fly, and that's why the cash in happened. What what do you think, David Campbell? Oh, I don't come to me first again because I have there's a lot of greatness about this whole thing. There's a lot of greatness about it because ah, this was the first WrestleMania that the go ever watched live as it happened, and I was I was loving it. Right, this match was phenomenal. This, and I'm talking before the Seth Rollins thing. The, the moves that Brock and Roman were throwing at each other on this night made it look 
and it's so real that it suspended your disbelief completely. And the shock factor of, of Rollins coming out with that Money in the Bank briefcase after losing earlier in the night, coming in, Michael Cole with the best commentary he's ever done when he calls it Seth Rollins is, uh, with the ice of the century. It's the best call Michael Cole's made in his career. Um, and it's, uh, it was really an engrossing, a thrilling ending to WrestleMania. But I'll argue this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree that the reaction wouldn't have been there for Roman and Brock because I'll tell you something. The longer that match went on, the more the fans and attendance were getting naturally behind Roman Reigns that night. They were getting behind Roman by the end of that match. And I I believe, like, compare it to WrestleMania 22, John Cena in the lead up to that was getting booed relentlessly off crowds, was getting booed relentlessly in Chicago. He got booed inducting William the Refrigerator Perry into the WWE Hall of Fame the night, the night before. <laughs> but WWE kept with Cena, had Cena beat Triple H clean, and thus the legacy of John Cena was allowed to continue. I believe if you could turn back the clock, if they had just let Roman slay the beast on this night, we would be having a different conversation about Roman Reigns today because it's a thrilling ending, it's an exciting ending, it's a great match overall, but I believe it severely cut, undercut Roman Reigns and it made the fans think too much that, oh, we can have a say now, we can influence what they're doing. And I think that's done more harm than good for the product overall. No, no a, but I, I, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Because yeah, at that time, in. Seth, Seth was an absolute wanker. An absolute, I was trying to hold back that, but he <laughs> actually was. When he had J&J and all that stuff, and he was just he was just an absolute, and look at the way him, him and Dean would have that rivalry and stuff. He had yeah. broken up the shield, which was just the most over- stable in a long long time he broke them up he had his own self-interest in there when the shield were just more powerful and dominant and he broke them up he was a bastard and yep. he goes and does that everyone had buy-in on that yeah but they cheered him and that was the problem the cheer drawings that night and if Rollins is with well, unfortunately, we, we, live in, we, live in, we live in a world where we have smarky fans that love that kind of thing. Yeah, but we don't need to... The fans were getting behind Roman. That's the, that's the argument. They would have... I believe the crowd would have popped and cheered and gave respect to Roman if Roman had got the pin that night. I'm not saying what we got was bad. I agree with you that Rollins at that time was his most ca- at his most captivating as a performer. I completely agree with you on that. I just feel that it's done more harm than good in two ways. It's made fans feel too entitled now because they feel they can change the outcome of stuff. And it's also uh, it also undercut the career of Roman Reigns. Quacker, I think if we were debating the greatest WrestleMania moments, you would be in with a great shot of winning. I think when you think of this match you think of the moment not the match yeah but it's all part it's all part of it though it's all part of it because to get that moment and that feeling there has to be some sort of a build up to it to get to that moment 
and yeah. it's not I'm not I'm not just arguing I mean when you heard me present my case I didn't just start straight off from mm. when Seth cashed in I started off from Royal Rumble when Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble and I mentioned The Rock was there and stuff like that so yes your argument what you're saying could have stood if I had maybe just said as soon as we heard uh, uh, Seth's music and him running down, but no, I started from Royal Rumble. I started with uh, um, the, the breaking up of the shield that even I mentioned. I also mentioned the fact that uh, Rollins was in a match against Randy Orton and had that amazing sale and stuff like that. So it's all in there, it's all part of it. Now get me to the White House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's the it's an iconic moment in WrestleMania history where that you're absolutely right when you said uh, David about the heist of the century call the best thing that Michael Cole has ever done mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, iconic moment but to me it's up there with uh, Andre and Hogan in the sense of the slam on Andre is a moment, but it was not a great match, and I just, I just don't think this is a great match. I think it's a great moment, and I'm not sure we'd be speaking with the same reverence about it if it hadn't been for Seth's involvement in it. Um, potato, but a, potato, but it's all part of it. You make a good case, Quacker. Mm. Uh, the, the, the case is strong. I think I'd, mm-hmm. I'd have to agree with Gary on on this one, I feel that like if if that didn't happen, I don't think this would be spoken about in the same vein. I think it'd be hard, it'd be harder to argue the case for this being your kind of greatest main event without that that moment and the iconic kind of swinging the belt over his head and the fireworks going off in the background. I feel that that's that's what made it great. I wasn't a big fan of the match. I I. I'll dis- I think I'd, I'd disagree with David a bit in the sense that the kind of like crowd that kind of jeering on Reigns was a good match. I feel it's because it got more it, it got more stiff. That's yeah. why they were getting more into it. I wouldn't say it's more because of what of them getting behind Roman. I think it's just because of the match they were seeing. But they started to respect him, you know, and it was the same. Like I, I agree that we wouldn't be speaking about it in the same reverence um, if that moment hadn't happened. But I think we would be putting it in the same category as 22 and 23. Uh, we've seen her versus Triple H and Cena versus Michaels and that these were things that built up fans' respect of the performer who's going to be your top guy. This could have been his Triple H moment. This could have been his Michaels moment. It could have been uh, the moment where Randy Orton versus Mike Foley, the moment where the fans respect him as a performer. And that's an important step for me that was missing. I actually agree with, I actually disagree with what you guys are saying about it being not a good match before that. I really, really enjoyed this match because of the sniffness of it um, before that even happened. I enjoyed the moment in itself. I really enjoyed it at the time, but if we're dissecting it and we're nitpicking, because these are really good WrestleMania main events, that is the criticism I'd have of it. It's just the long term effects. Uh, what about you? Uh, Daniel Campbell, where, where do you lie in this kind of argument? Do you think it's a moment or do you think it's a, a, a match itself that makes it great? Well, don't get me wrong, the match leading up to the finish and Seth Rollins coming into it was a very brutal affair. Like, Reigns and Lesnar didn't pull any punches. Like, they went all for it. It's The problem is, I feel that match was maybe focused more on the moment at the end rather than the content of it. Like it's It'd be easy to say that in hindsight now though, but at the same time, this was, uh, it's not like they 
like the, the whole build up was Roman and Brock the whole promo package was with Roman and Brock everything was Roman and Brock um, and the fact that these two were given the main event match and please let's not forget if we're going to break down the kayfabe fourth wall that was only this cash was only decided at like 11th hour yeah like so, so much so that I believe Roman's father didn't know about it and nearly kicked up a fuss with mm. the execs there about it. Yeah, Sika, Sika um, almost uh, reportedly, it's Meltzer who reported it, so take it with a pinch of salt, but apparently, <laughs> apparently Sika nearly, nearly kicked shit up backstage. Apparently he was absolutely furious if reports are to be believed. Mm. So I'll, I'll, as the same as always, I'll hand it back over to Cracker to give us his final minute case of why this is the greatest main event of all time. The greatest WrestleMania main event, the greatest heist of the century, the greatest build and shock to a main event match in WrestleMania. Just this, everything was great about it. Um, It didn't have people buying at the start, but that sometimes is what we need sometimes when you just don't know what's going to happen and you, you let WWE shock us and give us something memorable and by God, we've got something memorable. Take me to the White House now. Let's do this. I want to see your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so I will, that's it. That's our panel of state their cases. So we've got Gary with Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 17. We've got David Campbell with Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Daniel Campbell with Triple H versus Benoit versus HBK. And the heist of the century with Quacker with Brock with Seth Rollins Cashier in the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match. But what about you? What about the fans? What what do you think? What is your favourite main event? So we'll head over and we'll talk about that right now. Kieran Hunter says that this is going to cause some uproar. He's going to agree with Daniel Campbell and say WrestleMania Triple Threat when Benoit won the title is one of his favourites. Yes, a touchy subject, but we cannot deny that the man was one of the greatest wrestlers to grace the ring and at the moment deserved the title. Great match, great emotion, great moment. That's a fair case again. It's obviously a statement that's just been kind of tarred with some controversy. You've got Dave Holmes as well saying that Taker and Edge is an underrated main event. Yeah, which I definitely agree. That was Edge being one of my favourites. It's, it's something that's kind of always up there. But when you've got the likes of your your HBK and your Shawn Michaels, and you've kind of got that that thing on the line with a streak versus career, that's always going to eclipse it. Yeah. He he's in a agreement with both of you actually. Both Gary and David say that his favourites is between Rock and Austin and Taker and Shawn, which I imagine that's the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We've got the, the street, rat, street Rat of Source Wrestling Manlon saying it may not have been the main event, but it was the main event in his heart, and it was the gimmick Battle Royal in WrestleMania 17. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the sort of answer we expected Quacko to come out with tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, no, it was the main event to you, it's the main event to me. No, it's, I'm happy with that. We'll, we'll take it. Thomas says that uh, what makes a WrestleMania great for him is a storytelling. A spectacle was an attraction that would be nothing without investment from the fans. Same with a technical masterpiece. All the options above would be nothing without the story being told. And I hope this is right. Jafar, I think that's how I made out from your Twitter account. I don't know, some Aladdin character, but storytelling's a must. The Ultimate Warrior versus Macho Man was amazing. Same with the Daniel Bryan P plus player storyline. 
Unfortunately, WWE's story writing is terrible right now with matches being just being put together. Just look at this year's WrestleMania. Not many great storylines there. Hmm. I would. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't I go wouldn't, as far as that. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that. I think. Um, I think the stories we will never tell. We'll never be able to tell what was going to be a great story or not in terms of main event matches, just because of the circumstances. Um, well, brings, Randy Orton is up there. That's up yeah. there, and, and they bring up the uh, Brian's WrestleMania Thirty Triple Threat match, which is an absolute all-time classic as well. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's hard to judge it as well. Obviously, just look at as I just look at this year's WrestleMania. Not many great storylines there. You don't you don't know what's going to be the main event of a WrestleMania anymore because they've kind of got rid of the implications of the Royal Rumble match. It just gets you the title shot. It doesn't get you the main event picture. So we don't know if we're going to get Drew versus Lesnar or we're going to get Roman versus Goldberg as a closing match. So it's always kind of hard to tell. But I think some of the storytelling for this year's WrestleMania has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in terms of the main event matches, Drew versus Lesnar was set up brilliantly at the Rumble. It was a great start to that story, um, and I think they probably should have done more to keep you invested until then. I, I would completely agree with what you said about Robin Goldberg. If, I think that's probably the match he's thinking of. Um, that story is just both of them have the spear. Both of them are former world champions. Let's uh, fight. You know, like it's just a bit. Sh- <laughs> Just a wee bit shit in it. <laughs> just a, just a yeah. wee bit shit. David Campbell fight promotions. <laughs> yeah, I think if if I had to put my money on it, I would. If Mania was going ahead as as planned without all this coronavirus uh, stuff, I would. Have, I think Lesnar and Drew of the matches that are on the slate would probably would be the last one out because Charlotte Rhea isn't credible in that position the Becky Shayna's not doesn't doesn't do it for me either Goldberg and uh, and Reigns they definitely wouldn't risk putting that one on last mm, no that... the, the empty arena is the only way they'll guarantee that nobody will boo the hell he was told there'll be some, like one guy that just sneaks in just to boo it <laughs> this is perfect have Roman with all the belts they'll have nothing to say again they'll <laughs> like, a very like brutal match and then just all of a sudden all you'll just hear very faintly is <laughs> I know the Drew after he's won he's in the crowd just going it should have been me there <laughs> but obviously we've been uh, to those that are listening if he's been keeping up with our Twitter feed that Supply Free Tweet from Monday we've uh, been doing Twitter polls and letting the fans decide upon selection what their favourite what their greatest main event is and the final three it went down to was Wrestlemania 12 with Sean versus uh, Brett WrestleMania 17 with Rock versus Austin and WrestleMania 26 with HBK versus Undertaker. Now, what do you guys think out of those three won? 17, because people are too nostalgic. <laughs> uh, for the same reason, I would say 17. Yeah. WrestleMania 12, just to give it a shout out, great match, but it, it's not, it's, WrestleMania 12 is not going to win because it's too, too bloody long to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's going to go back and watch it. Uh, so it's definitely not going to be that one. Uh, WrestleMania 31 because it's the greatest of all time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't even oh, think that 
uh, WrestleMania 31 won its poems on. No, it was Brian versus Evolution that beat that. I was, yeah. I was second in that full crack. You've not got much kind of support for your, your case there. Oh, you can lick yourself. <laughs> so, uh, in third place, it was Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hitman Hart. I only got four and a half percent of the votes. I was probably just like one person at the lot. I can imagine what that person looks like. He's just got a glass of red wine. He's like, oh, this is the greatest wrestling match of all time. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so then there was a... It's no way to talk about Derek. <laughs> <laughs> there was a 15% difference between the kind of the final two matches, the match we probably spoke about the most. And the one that came out and talked was your WrestleMania 17, Rock versus Austin. Yes. In your, in your face, Quaco. Oh, oh I, I, you could you could go up to Quaco all you want. So I'll say I said before that like when we we're going through this and you were ridiculing me about it, this I was going to decide at the end what the greatest main event was going to be, and I said to me, it's always going to be Undertaker Shawn Michaels for the kind of emotional side for what I had in my view, just the kind of the emotion that was into it. But if I was taking that away. I think kind of sub- subjectively, not not objectively, the best, the greatest main event would have to be Rock vs. Austin at WrestleMania 17. you got to yeah. be joking! <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, sorry, but I can't, I can't let my emotion cloud judgments here, you know, but for sports journalists, god damn it. <laughs> that's just a nonsense right there. And the champ champ win the public vote and the Jack Graham vote. That's the vote that counts this day. We've all got Gary Curtin in our hearts. That's uh, what it remember, is. Remember, remember, Jack Graham kicks pieces of jobby into a football goal, so take yeah. what you want from that that uh, decision making. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Jack. An hour and a half of my life wasted. <laughs> Same as, it's the queen of the ring all over again. Get Shane to the final two. Oh, you make a great case, David. You spoke really well, David. You're still lost, David. I'm who who, who doesn't want the queen of the ring? It was bloody viper. Bloody yeah, Viper! That's it. That was it. Yep. Viper, the greatest woman of all time. Sick of the I'm glad I'm away. <laughs> the chickens have clouded your judgment. <laughs> you are a stupid twat. <laughs> I mean, it just it is, it is what it is, you know, like, I, I can't, you can't let emotion cloud it. It's, it's a great But you let a chicken cloud it for you. I mean, it's a, it's a great, it's a great match. You know, it, it doesn't have a conclusive end, and you know, it's not the end of one of the greatest careers of all time. But it's a great match. Everyone's <laughs> It's a great match. So hey, I think we're always going to have that kind of debate. It's probably one that we'll speak about for ages and ages. But on that, the show's that's the show over, guys. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. We feel sad. Thanks for nothing, Jack. Back to the lonely, back to the loneliness of self-isolation. No, I, I like, I like having people around I can tell are wrong. You know, I'd like to think you did well your first hosting debut, but clearly not. I think yes. don't you your listen vote, to them. So. Don't you listen to them, Jack? Thanks, Gary. It means a lot. But uh, I'll just I'll oh, do clearly the... they were both in cahoots. <laughs> cahoots. Wait, I thought cahoots was closed. <laughs> 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 So I, I guess I'll, I'll thank the panel now, David Campbell. Thanks for kind of coming on your last closing stretch on my first hosting show. 
you know, this was a good uh, preparation for the debating chamber, which will be my last show. Uh, no doubt I'll be screwed over then again. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it was all good fun. Well done, Jack. Good host and a great show. Had fun. Uh, Gary, thanks for coming on and ultimately winning your case. Thank you very much. Been fun, fun show. I hope people enjoy have enjoyed listening to it. Daniel, thanks for coming on as well with a controversial uh, pick. I mean, I like to spice things up, so why not? <laughs> Jesus. And as always, Quacker, thank you. Thank you for being here and bringing the heist of the century. Yeah, the pleasure is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to the listeners for listening as always. And just stay tuned next week. We've got more content coming on the main feed and our extra feed. More of our shape part, as I said at the start. We'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet now proudly presents Suplex Retweet Extra! Get bonus content on WWE, AEW, NXT, WCW, Scottish and World Independent Promotions! Subscribe now on Spotify, Apple, and Android podcasting sites, as well as YouTube. Head over to suplexretweet.com now!